1: you're listening to here's the catch with david lombardi matt barrows and dennis brown on the athletic podcast network well we talked about how bad the falcons were on our pre-game podcast and we said that the 49ers would have to legitimately beat this Atlanta team to convince us that they're real playoff contenders because that's what all other real playoff contenders have done to Atlanta this season. And the 49ers, uh, I guess they saw the homework assignment. They went out and they did just that. 31-13 over the Falcons. This was a dominant, controlling win. I mean, the 49ers got that margin of victory done, even though they fumbled the opening kickoff. That's a concern we'll definitely discuss on this show. But between the offensive and defensive performances, Matt, the 49ers looked like a playoff team today. They, they absolutely handled business, and they did so in the first of two games in five days. They, they have to to travel to Tennessee now. They have to replicate what they did today against a better team, presumably. But uh, check mark number one is done for this week. And, and I thought that was really impressive. I thought the 49ers did exactly what they should have done to Atlanta.
2: Yeah. And they didn't play their best game. I mean, they gave the Falcons the ball at the 12 to, to begin the game, and they still won 31 to 13. And special teams was, again, terrible in this game, just awful. Um and uh, you know, there were some weaknesses at cornerback, Ambry Thomas, the rookie got picked on. Uh, so uh, two of what I, I consider the, the top three weaknesses, uh, special teams, cornerback, and then the, the right side of that offensive line, were bad uh, to, at, at times today. But you know, the, the good parts of the 49ers, their strengths, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo not throwing any picks, completing almost 80% of his passes. Uh, Jeff Wilson looks like uh, his old self again. The running game was humming. Trent Williams was, was just dominating uh, guys. That was more than enough, Dennis, to uh, counterbalance um, any weaknesses, any sort of that you know coming back from the East Coast wobbliness. And I think there was some early in this game, some bad penalties. Like I said, the, uh, the special teams were bad. Uh, but the the strengths of this team were more than enough to compensate.
3: And just the physicality of this football game, offensive line, you talk about Trent Williams, but the defensive line, physical. The entire defense, physical. Uh, and to start the game in the hole like they like they did with that, that um, muffed uh, kickoff and then not to let – the Falcons in the end zone, I mean, that is huge. And then, and then to do it three more times during the football game, it just shows how physical uh, this game was. And, you know, everybody was playing at a, at a really, really high level today. And, and you know, special teams, again, they had their issues like we've talked about, but I was just impressed with the physicality, offensive line, defensive line. And we knew going into this game what the recipe was to win this football game is put pressure on Pressure on uh, Matt Ryan, which the defense did. Arden Key's fantastic game, and then to be able to run the ball and keep the keep the Falcons' defense kind of on their heels, and that's what they did. And Jimmy Garoppolo to play a clean football game, in which he did. So again, you know, you, you, you put it together and you beat a team you're supposed to, you're supposed to beat, and you do it handily, and that's that's what you like to see as a fan. Levi Stadium was rocking, a uh, good game to watch. And now you got the challenge. I mean, you you got this. You can forget about this football game. Thursday night you'll be suiting up again to play a Titans team that's a pretty good team.
1: Well, I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was excellent. 18 of 23, 235 yards, a touchdown. That's over 10 yards an attempt. And I can't think of a mistake that he made in this game. We'll have to ask whose fault the fumbled snap was, but on first look at the replay, I haven't watched the film yet, so I could be wrong, but on scoreboard replay, I thought that the snap didn't get to him from Alex Mack, so that, that wouldn't be on Jimmy Garoppolo. And besides that, I mean, he, he was accurate on all of his passes. Was there was there a particular misfire there? I can't seem to remember one. I know there's some drops.
2: There was one they were backed up in their own uh, end zone late in the game, and he, and he threw one to Juwan Jennings and didn't see... I think it was Dion Jones, the linebacker, dropped back, and, and Jones had a shot at it. But that, uh-huh. that was okay, it. I remember that. That was yeah. it for the game. I mean, it was a very. 80% is a huge number for. Uh, completion percentage and uh, that's what uh,
1: Garoppolo had in this game. Yeah and he was just comfortable back there. I thought that it was the most comfortable he's looked all season. Now it's worth mentioning that this was the worst pass rush the 49ers had faced all season. The Falcons only had 16 sacks which was an NFL low entering this game so I mean obviously those two things are correlated. The 49ers don't have great pass protection on the right side but uh, today they're able to hold up because they faced a weaker pass rush and Garoppolo looked comfortable. They, They had a good run pass balance going 32 rushes at the end of the day 24 to, yeah 24 passes when you consider a trick play that Debo Samuel attempted at the end zone so Garoppolo through those 23 times was very efficient uh, Atlanta was playing a zone defense that the 49ers uh, were just licking their chops during the week they knew they could beat that zone defense with slant patterns and the, the play that really set the 49ers into motion came early in the second quarter Brandon Ayuk, I think he was so excited that they had this slant called. The 49ers knew it was going to go for a big play, that he false started. But the 49ers were so confident that even after the false start, they just called the same play. And Ayuk ripped off a 36-yard gain. Garoppolo hit him in stride to set up the yards after the catch. Debo Samuel, uh, I mean, was just blocking his ass off on the play. He was he was ahead of that play, put a cornerback on skates for 20 yards. And Dennis, uh, you know, I thought that, that set the tone for the 49ers that that play because they scored four touchdowns in four drives from that point on and uh, the offense just didn't look back it was a well-oiled efficient machine over the course of the game you know the part of the game that really determined uh the outcome in this one
3: yeah and and you you're talking about brennan Ayuk, and i I saw a couple plays there that where he was just blocking his arse off i mean he is he has kind of developed into a really good uh, pass b- or a run blocker so you know he's he's grown up a lot but Juwan Jennings I mean he I mean if you're gonna have Debo in the backfield I mean you got to find someone that can kind of pick up some slack uh on, on the perimeter and and I think Jennings has been that guy I mean he is he's he dropped a few balls today but again he comes up with the tough catches and he's got he's got such a he he's kinda he's got a little dog in him and he and he really gets after defensive backs. He's become a really good pat or run blocker also. But uh, you know, you got some talent when you, you come to this receiving game and if, if Debo's gonna be a running back, which he looks like a running back to me now, full time uh until until Mitchell gets back but you need someone on that receiving side that you know has got that dog and can make those catches can also help you in your run game and both those guys really showed up today
2: I think dog is uh the the theme of the day I mean they were getting after this Falcons team like a bunch of dogs and uh you're you're right I mean uh Juwan Jennings folds in so nicely to that ethos on on offense uh you know uh George Kittle blocking the offensive line looked really good. All of those receivers now block really well. I mean, uh, you know, we're starting to look ahead, and, and maybe this is premature, David, but looking ahead to the playoffs, and you got to think if, if the 49ers win one of these next three, they've got uh, a really good shot at at the very least that last uh, that last seed in the NFC. Um, I, I think they, they might not end up, winning more than that out of these last three. But my point is that, I mean, this is a team that you wouldn't want to play. You wouldn't want uh, to play a team that has that amount of, of doggedness, that amount of talent. I mean, we saw it from George Kittle. He was carrying the team early on. Debo Samuel was his usual st- self. Uh, <laughs> equal parts running back and, and wide receiver and, and, and looking good at really both. Um, yeah, he's obviously back from that injury that, that kept him out one game. Um, these guys are starting to fire on all, on all cylinders. Um, you know, the guy I think we should highlight is Jeff Wilson. 21 carries, 110 yards, 5.2 yards per carry average. Um, that's a big deal, I think, because this gives you a little bit more leeway if you're the 49ers, I think. If, if Elijah Mitchell is not ready to play on Thursday, you sit him out again then all of a sudden you've got 10 days before your next game. So he's going to be fresh. A guy who's really sort of carried the load and probably carried too much of the load um, throughout to this point in the season, all of a sudden he's going to be rested for this this home stretch. And you've got him, you've got Jeff Wilson, uh, you've got all those other guys that I mentioned. (laughs) My point is you've got something Uh, going you got something cooking here as we uh, go from uh, December into January
1: well first things first this was a this was a leverage game for the 49ers they had a 35 percent chance of making the postseason if they had lost this game that's what the ESPN FPI had predicted but with a win the 49ers playoff chances skyrocketed to 90 percent so there was a 55 percent gap of leverage in this game so i mean it's the closest thing to a must win that you could have in week 15 the four ers want it so they're almost certainly in the tournament now and as you said matt just one more win uh, i think pushes that really close to 100 percent given the way they're playing they'll win more than one of these final three uh two tampa bay just got blanked at home Tom Brady in Tampa Bay just got blanked at home. I mean shut out at home by the New Orleans Saints who were six and seven entering this game. And you know, Dennis, you've played on so many great 49ers teams and, and teams and you out a peak at the right time. That, that just underscores the truth to me. And, and the truth to me is just make the tournament and be playing your best ball when you make the tournament. So be playing your best ball in December and January, and that's going to give you a chance to make a Super Bowl run. I mean, Tampa Bay is the best team. At least we thought they were the best team. They just got shut out at home against New Orleans. And the 49ers just uh, whipped on a, a, another 6-7 and seven team in the Falcons in this game, who actually beat New Orleans earlier this year. So, to me, the, the 49ers have their formula down. They're not perfect right now, but God, I mean it, it, what else can you ask for, right? They're in the postseason picture right now, and they're playing their best ball and they're trying to round into perfect form before January.
3: Yeah, and the key is to, you know once you get hot like you are right now, you put some wins together and you know the formula to to, to get a win, you just got to keep up the momentum and, and and stay focused game by game. you win you win you win championships in this league by defense. And if your defense is playing well, you're going to win a lot of football games. If you don't turn over the ball and you take the ball away from opponents, you're going to win a lot of football games in the NFL. And um, that's just the way it is. And that's where the 49ers are right now. And I can guarantee you, you know, teams watching the 49ers, you know, you don't want to play the 49ers right now. I mean, we're going to see next week there's going to be a big challenge with the Titans. But I think the Titans is a game that the 49ers could still win. They can go in there and surprise a lot of people. And I'm sure they're not favored right now. But actually, you can go in there. You can get. You can win that football game. Then you got the Texans and you got the Rams. So I mean, you know, once you get that momentum and once you kind of you know get that confidence and, and you're ready to go out and you want to be hitting that stride. And we're talking about the Bucks. You know, last year about this time is when Tampa Bay was kind of hitting their stride and they you know they didn't they didn't lose any more football games uh, for the rest of the year and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So you know that's that's the way you want to go into it. Just kind of you know riding kind of a wave. And, and that's where the 49ers are right now. You just got to keep it going.
1: Obviously, you can't read too much into this because Tampa Bay is obviously going to play better ball moving forward. But Tampa Bay's offensive line has really impressed me this year. But whenever that offensive line leaks a little bit, whenever Tom Brady's exposed to some contact, he he starts to look like he's 43 really quickly.
3: Tom Brady gets frustrated. That's yeah. the thing. Bad I mean, body you,
2: language from him.
3: Yeah. I mean, he you get on him and he can't get things off time, time right. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get frustrated. He gets mad at a lot of people. So, I mean, that's that's the key. But it's 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 easier said than done to get some pressure on. But once you can do it, I mean, you can you can win a football game.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't
3: get a hold of anyone? Luckily,
0: with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
2: Anybody that they match up with in the first round of the playoffs, if, if they make it, um, is beatable. I mean, there's not one team that you think, uh, oh, uh, you know, that, that team's going to beat the 49ers nine times out of ten. Maybe they beat them six out of 10 but the 49ers have a fighting shot against anybody. Dennis, let me let me ask you this. Heading into the fourth quarter, uh the score is, you know, what it turned out to be 31 to 13. I was wondering, you know, with the the short week and, you know, going out to Tennessee Eastern Time Zone um, on Wednesday whether Shanahan would start pulling some of his starters. Uh, if, if you were in that situation and, and you were a starter, would you be sort of uh, looking at the coach and, and wondering, okay, uh, when are they going to pull me out? I mean, how, do, how does a player sort of um, deal with that, reconcile that, the fact that, oh, boy, I've got a game coming up in four days?
3: This is not basketball so or baseball. So uh, you, you, you don't do that in football. I mean, you you know some of these guys don't want to get pulled out during preseason. I mean, when you're in a football game and you're battling – I mean, and, and a coach tells you he wants to pull you out. I mean, only reason why you get pulled out of a football game is if you're getting beat, uh, and you don't want to pull any guy off the, off the off the field in the middle of a football game unless he's getting beat and getting beat badly. So yeah, I mean, it's you know people have asked me all week, you know, how do you get yourself ready for a, for a Thursday night football game? You, I mean, you go and you get in the ice tub, you, you you get off your feet, you get a massage, and you line up again on Thursday, and that and that's that's the mentality. You know, of a football player, or it used to be. I don't know; these are different athletes now. But it was always, you get off your feet, you get some rest, and and you and you get yourself, you know, kind of relax a little bit, and you get fired up again. But you know, I, I can't remember any guy that wants to get pulled off the field, especially if they're saying you're trying to rest, and it just doesn't happen in football.
1: You know, I thought the Forty ers might be in trouble when Nick Bosa went into the blue medical tent, and they're examining him for a head injury. Because, you know, if there's any sort of concussion, he has to go into the protocol. Uh, it's, it would have been really tough for him to turn around and be ready to go by Thursday. And, and obviously, we know just how much Nick Bosa means to this football team, but he was cleared to return. And it was another Boson, that's the adjective I like to use, another Boson performance. Uh, 15th sack of the season. His goal is to hit 20 sacks this year, at least, because that would uh, break Alden Smith's franchise record, a 19.5 sacks set in 2012. And I must say, that we talked about it on the show this week, it's well within reach. He's uh, he's up at 15 now. Today was a strip sack. The Tennessee offensive line hasn't been great. The The Titans today lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 19-13. to I really think Bosa's due for another sack or two against Ryan Tannehill. And I'd put him up at 17, and and he'd still have two games to go, and one of those games would be against the Houston Texans, who, who are a bad football team this year. But anyway, um, it's not just Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's doing a great job up front, but he's opened stuff up for other guys, and Chris Kacarek has developed the hell out of this defensive line to the point where Arden Key, had there not been that really, really dubious personal foul called against him he would have had two sacks and three quarterback hits and Sansa Ebukam, I thought played his best game and he's delivered two straight solid pass rushing performances so Matt it's it's not just Nick Bosa anymore this whole 49ers defensive line is rounding into form at just the right time of the season
2: yeah for sure I mean and, and they need that and we've talked about that before how it needs to be somebody else besides Nick Bosa from the edges and uh, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe you guys know the answer to this. Was Arden Key's sack today the one that he got credited for? Was he rushing from the inside or from the edge on it? I think he was inside.
3: I think he just came. I think it was over a guard. I'm I'm pretty. That's,
2: that makes sense because that's where he's done his most damage. But that's that's sack number five. He's second to Bosa, and uh, I'm go- I'm gonna make. Uh, Dennis Mad, or I'm, I'm going to hit a, uh, a sensitive <laughs> spot here, but the other one, which seemed to be one that he shared with Nick Bosa, Bosa had Matt Ryan low, and, and Arden Key came in high. <laughs> I, I just don't see how a defensive lineman avoids falling on the quarterback in that situation. I know that's the rule, but boy, you're, you're asking a lot of a defensive lineman to, A, your job is to tackle, sack the quarterback, but you have to do it gently. You can't can't hurt the guy. You can't knock him down hard. And boy, you just can't land on him, even though it was sort of a, a hit from behind. And, you know, there was at least the threat that uh, if he didn't, uh Matt Ryan could have rushed for some extra yardage. Yeah, and I thought it was an awful call.
3: But, you know, you know, we know what this what the NFL is about. It's about protecting that quarterback. And I, I get the rule. The rule is, you know, if you pick up a quarterback, you leave your feet and you just kind of, we used to call it the, the atomic bomb on a quarterback, where you just, you know, you you get off your feet and you just come down with all your weight. And then that way you can, you know, maybe knock the wind out of him, maybe crack a rib or something like that. So I understand the rule. I just don't think it applied in that that particular play because I think Arden Key fell, and you know, before he hit the ground, I mean, I think he fell on his knee first to kind of break the fall. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to tell a, a defensive lineman that, you know, you, you're sacking the quarterback. You know, you're wrapping them up and you're bringing them to the ground. So it makes me wonder the angle of the referee because I get the call. I just didn't see it there. But again, you know, Matt Ryan. We don't, we don't, we don't put Matt Ryan in a lot of these conversations of the great quarterbacks. But he's one of those quarterbacks. I, th- I think he's on that tier where referees are looking to protect them a little bit
1: well you have to give the 49ers credit though they despite the fact that that call went against them they overcame it and I understand the opponent wasn't great this week but the offense just you know took matters into their own hands and kept on scoring and scoring and scoring that was four straight touchdown drives snuffed out any hope of an Atlanta upset in this game and Uh, You know, not everything's going to be roses moving forward, especially if the 49ers qualify for the postseason. They're almost certainly going to have to be on the road, even though Arizona lost again today, which means the division is technically still open. There's a sliver of hope for the NFC West, but it would require a lot of losing from the Rams and the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals actually have to lose out, and who knows, maybe that's going to happen, because they lost to Detroit of all teams. I mean, just all of this underscores... Uh, that you have to just keep the pedal to the metal. Worry about yourself, deliver your best football, and the rest of it will take care of itself. And it, it literally is happening right now. You talk about Tampa Bay losing, you talk about Arizona losing, and the 49ers are going to have a chance at the Rams in Week 18. So um, when we talk about worrying about yourself, the 49ers still have some issues to iron out. And boy, uh, it's to me, the goal of special teams is to eliminate volatility. I don't care if you're, you know, if you have Devin Hester and you're, you have the potential to return kicks. It doesn't matter if you're fumbling every other kickoff return, right? That's just going to kill you. And the 49ers, unfortunately for them, the one adjective that describes their special teams unit this year has been volatile, right? I mean, they've done some good stuff. But we were just hammering this home not too long ago before the Cincinnati game. We were just saying, just don't screw it up because they had screwed it up against Seattle. Jermichael Hastie takes the opening kickoff today and screws it up. It's knocked out. Takes the second kickoff today and screws it up. He can't. He's not in the right position to field it. you got to give, I guess, the um, uh, Falcons credit for the good directional kick. But still, you can't bobble it and knock it out of the 9. It put the 49ers behind the 8 ball early in this game. So when we talk about things they need to fix, uh, that special teams needs to stop being so volatile because against a better opponent, the 49ers uh, may not have been as lucky as they were today. The offense was able to overcome it today. But boy, uh, you could tell Kyle Shanahan was also upset about the special team's inefficiency after the game.
3: Real quick, are the 49ers only team that can't seem to kick the ball out the end zone on a kickoff? Or is that just me imagining that?
2: It's, it's boggling because it, it seemed like they were trying to do that. That, that they were kicking short on purpose because some of these kicks were, were, were well short. I mean, we're talking yeah. landing at like the 15-yard <laughs> line. Um, but afterwards, Kyle Shanahan said that you know if, if we could get a, a touchback every time, we'd do it. So, I mean, uh, at one point, I was thinking, okay, Mitch Wishnowski obviously has some sort of injury. That's why these are so short. Um, but then w- when he punts the ball, I mean, he had some boomers on the punts, which suggests that he's not injured. But um, it, it, it's a big deal because on those short kickoffs, they just can't cover them. They're bad at coverage. So you give the uh, the return man a running start, and he's getting out beyond the 30 every time. This is the average starting position for the Falcons, the 38. The 49ers was the 19. And some of that has to do with the fact that they, they had so many goal line stands and whatnot. But that's a huge, over the course of a game, over the course of, what, 10 pos- possessions or so, that's um, what... Uh, uh, 11 and 8, 19 yards difference. So it's like 190 yards of different uh, uh, yardage in this game. And, and the 49ers still were able to win 31 to 13. But that is an absolute weakness. I don't know what what the answer is because it, it's now not a fluke. This is, this is a real issue for this team. And you can get away with it against, this is the bottom line, you can get away with these mistakes against a team like the Falcons. You're not going to be able to get away with it against you know, the Buccaneers or the Cardinals or the Rams or whoever you're playing in the in the first round of the playoffs. You need everything to be good. Uh, and the 49ers special teams is just awful. And, and this is a week after they 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 did a, a great job of, at least Wisnowski did on the punts, of, of basically turning the tide in Cincinnati. But it's another kind of one step forward, two steps back, game for that unit and now it's becoming a problem
3: yeah what makes you think is is it emphasis on special teams i can remember we had an entire 45 minutes dedicated to special teams you know during the practice we had a period and before and after just it just make it, it just looks like you know there's no there's no urgency on special teams i don't know how kyle shanahan runs his runs his practices or or, or coach hightower runs it but it just really seems like there's no there's no urgency on special teams. It's just like you know secure the ball if we can secure the ball, um, and, and then go let offense take the field or let defense get on the field. It just doesn't doesn't feel like special teams to to this this regime is a, a special part. Uh, of the team
1: because it it just seems like it just lacks so much i mean what's your what's your thought dave it's interesting because there's different phases of special teams right and the 49ers have actually been decent at some and i would even say good at at the actual punting phase they led the league entering this game in punting efficiency probably thanks to the fact that cincinnati kept on muffing them but you have to give some credit to mitch wishnowski for that because he you know australian rules football guy he's kicking spirals and all kinds of different spin with the ball. So Cincinnati couldn't field them last week. And generally, he's been good with the directional punting, and the coverage has meshed well with that. However, today, the punting wasn't as good because it was short. I mean, he, he that first kick only you know got out to midfield, and the 49ers were uh, needing something bigger, right, to, to reverse field position. And then there was a later kick that Mich- Wishnowski boomed, but the coverage wasn't there, right? So the punting game, which had been good, I thought, you know, and and the metrics supported that leading into this game wasn't nearly as good today. It's the other phases of the game where the 49ers had had been bad in special teams. Kick returns have been consistently bad, and this is like two or three years running now on on kick returns. Punt returns have been so-so, they haven't really moved the needle, so as long as you don't fumble those away, it's okay, so I I guess that, that stays neutral. But kickoffs as well, just like the kick returns, the kickoffs have been low efficiency for the 49ers, and it keeps on rearing its ugly head. Shanahan did mention that he thinks that injuries have hurt the coverage unit and he thinks some guys that will help the 49ers will come back but um yeah, at this point i find it dubious that you can't string together, you know, uh, 11 players. It hasn't been that injured of a 49ers team at least this week. I thought that they had, you know, a reasonable amount of players available. To, to not keep on opening the door for the Falcons. And, you know, we, we talk about the major gaffes from Jermichael Hasty, and the 49ers have now fumbled three kick returns. That's an NFL high on the season and lost them deep in their own territory. We can talk about those all day, but uh, it's also damaging when you score a touchdown. Atlanta looks overwhelmed by your defense, but you let up a kick return to the 35 or the 40. I mean, that's, that's free, fresh life for the Falcons. We saw the 49ers give the Seahawks a lot of free, fresh life a couple weeks ago, and Seattle capitalized on it. Today, Atlanta semi-capitalized on it, but again, they weren't good enough to fully capitalize on it. This was the worst team in football, according to some of the advanced metrics, right? So, uh, the 49ers overcame it, but boy, those leaky yards on special teams, they can come back to bite you, and the 49ers better hope that they, they learned the lesson for the last time today, that, that they actually fixed the issue moving forward.
2: Yeah, but we keep saying that every week. I, mean, yeah, I know. It, it I was know. the Vikings, <laughs> uh, Vikings game, too. They could have put away the Vikings late in that game, and they let up that kick return for a touchdown. Uh, Shanahan's right. I mean, um, you know, oh, in this game, for example, uh, Talanoa Hufanga, he's uh, a stalwart on their special teams. He left the game with a knee injury. This was, uh, you know, uh, Marcel Harris another stalwart he had, he got a start at linebacker so he wasn't playing special teams as much I mean these are two guys that you count on but that's the NFL I mean that's what the NFL is these days when you get injuries the 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 unit that gets affected the most is special teams and you have to be expected to 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 deal with that and I don't think the 49ers you know certainly have had a lot of injuries this year they always do but it hasn't been that much above the, the league average. That's my sense anyway, um, th- th- this season. So it, it, they've, they've got to be better. Um, you know, I remember in, in the Seahawks game, that, uh, that fumble by Travis uh, Benjamin was, was caused by Nick Ballour. used to be on the 49ers. The, the, the Seahawks keep Ballour around, not because he's a great linebacker, but because he's a great special teams guy. Um, and over the years, the 49ers really haven't had that guy. Um, they, they've had some good special teamers, guys who, who have probably been on the roster because of that. But they don't have that elite guy, the, the Blake Costanzo that they had back in 2011. That was, a, that was an elite special teams. Why? Because you had three or four guys on that unit who loved playing special teams. That's all they did. And the 49ers dedicated a portion of their roster uh, to coverage, and and it paid off, and it paid off in a big way. I think they got uh, a turnover in in the divisional game against the uh, the Saints that year. Um, so I mean, you, you get what you pay for is basically what I'm saying. And the 49ers really haven't found uh, you know that one or two guys that are just going to lead that unit, and they're paying for it. Uh, not a good unit at all uh, as far as the coverage. Uh, and it's been that way from the get-go. And when you couple that with a, a punter who didn't do kickoffs in college, who's not doesn't have a particularly big leg, uh, and who's obviously struggling with it as the season goes on, and there, there's some uh, wear and tear there, I think. That's what I suspect. That's a bad combination. And so that's that's something to keep an eye on as far as, you know, this idea that the 49ers are, are going to get rolling um, late in the season and into the playoffs, they do have some some weak spots to deal with, Dennis.
3: You have to have good spe- – and you said it. I mean, you can get away with it, you know, against against the Atlanta Falcons. But if you want to take this into the into the playoffs, sometimes these playoff games or these games at the end of the season, when you're trying to kind of get into the playoffs or get into a role – it comes down to a lot of the special teams play. And you have know, just educated me. I thought guys on special teams were guys that just did special teams. I remember Harry Sydney. That's all Harry Sydney did was special teams. Uh and that that was it. And I thought, you know, the team had I think the 49ers had I thought they had guys that that's what they specialized in was was running on running off on coverage or being uncovered. So you have to have those guys that you can depend on, those team leaders, just like on offense, just like on defense. I mean, you have to have those team leaders on special teams. And if you don't have those guys, you have this wishy, wishy-washy uh, special teams. And I think that's just what the 49ers have. It's almost, you know, when you see a punt or a kickoff, night to the point where you're just kind of cringing going, oh, geez, hope nothing's going to happen now. So you got to get that figured out because you're going to need special teams uh, moving forward into playoffs for sure.
1: And again, you, you don't need them to be crazy good. you just need them to hold serve. They, it can't be disastrous performances and you know they held serve against Cincinnati and guess what happened? The Bengals threw up all over themselves, right and the 49ers got that major benefit from special teams. So if you just if you just you know maintain that status quo you, you keep it average, you give the other team chances to make those game changing mistakes. And I think that's key moving forward because obviously it's become apparent that the 49ers collection of talent, coaching, whatever, is not going to turn this into the 2010 Chicago Bears special teams unit. I think that's one of the, the best ones on record. They had Devin Hester. They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You don't expect that from the 49ers, but you just expect a baseline level of competence moving forward. And you know what? The defense has proven that it's possible to develop into that uh the defense we were talking early in the season about how historically bad they were at at some parts of the game such as defensive pass interference penalties remember they were leading the league and they probably still are because they had so many of them but they were literally on a record pace with so many defensive pass interference penalties it was comical I mean the 49ers just weren't playing good football on that side of the ball they're ranked in the 20s uh, they're now ranked in the top 10 defensively, and that ranking's just going to go up after all the analytics process what they did to Atlanta. And I have to say, we've discussed the defensive line getting better, um, but Fred Warner, I thought, played his best game. Nine tackles for him, hit the quarterback once, defended one pass successfully in the end zone, and he recovered a fumble. I mean, it was the type of opportunistic performance where Fred Warner was just all over the field where he, he needed to be at the right time uh, that I thought we had grown accustomed to him uh, making before he signed that big contract and it's been a little bit of a down year for Fred Warner but he was back out there and and the 49ers really needed that, Matt, because they, they have a, such a big weakness at both cornerback spots, especially when Ambry Thomas is in there. Matt Ryan kept picking on him. Josh Norman's obviously 34 years old now after his birthday this past week. Um, so you have to make up for it and pick up the slack at other parts of the defense. D-line is doing its job. The safeties, Tart and Ward, I mean, they both made plays at the goal line today for the 49ers on fourth down. They're doing their jobs. Uh, And and Warner did his job on a day where the 49ers were down a couple linebackers, and that was just so important to me on a day that, that Ryan was indeed picking on those cornerbacks.
2: Yeah, and um, the Falcon with the highest rushing average was – Matt Ryan at at 4.0. The rest of the guys were well below that. They averaged 2.7 yards a carry. That's fantastic for the 49ers defense. And we should note that that's a game they played without Aziz Al Alshair. I mean, um, you know, there there have been a couple of these. Uh, There was no Fred Warner earlier this year, uh, and the 49ers did well against the rush. Uh, This was a a Marcel Harris day. So um, hats off to to those guys to – Harris, Demetrius Flanagan fouls, I mean, they don't get a lot of attention, but uh, obviously they were playing well today. And I thought Tart, you know, he had one missed tackle. He, he seems to have won a game, but he, you know, on those goal line stands late in the game, um, even after he left with an ankle injury, I mean, this is after Hufanga left too. So Tart really didn't have the luxury of, of kind of resting a, a twisted ankle. They had to tape that thing back up there. (laughs) He stuck out like a a sore thumb because that that, uh, left foot was heavily, heavily taped. Uh, But he kept making plays. And, um, you know, that's that's what it's going to take for this team. I don't know how bad Hufanga's knee injury is, but uh, he didn't come back into this game. Tart had to play injured. And and, uh, Dennis, he played injured well. And, uh, you know, they they needed him at times to really kind of stave off uh, a last-minute rush by the Falcons, and he delivered.
3: Yeah, and, you know, when we we talk about, you know, these two safeties, Jimmy Ward and joukowsky Tart. I mean, those two guys are are probably the – the oldest guys or the, or the, or the, the longest 10-year guys on the 49ers. And, you know, they, they are leaders on that on that squad. And I think they both – Tukowski's really been showing up the last three weeks. I mean, he, he's becoming – you know, he, we know he's always been a thumper. He's not a guy who's going to intercept the ball. But he's really made some plays uh, in the secondary. And we see what Jimmy Ward did. I think it was that last goal line stand where he just kind of, you know, gets the penetration in the backfield and makes it open field tackle on fourth down, and, and Joukowsky, I think he's, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's always gonna put, he's gonna put his hat on somebody. He's, I think that's why his body's so beat up, but just to see him out there with that ankle and, and just kinda playing through it, because you know, I mean, he knew that this was a game that the 49ers needed to win. Uh, and you lean on, you know, your veterans, and he's one of those guys that uh, the defense has really leaned on. He's, he, he's probably out there because he's trying to protect, you know, these young cornerbacks. So, you know, he's he's a team leader. And again, big time players, veteran players. uh, This is the time when you shine. This is when you come out. This is when you, you as they say, you earn that money. And I think both him and Jimmy Ward have done a fantastic job.
1: Yeah. You could tell the 49ers had that spine up the middle, and I think that part of it's the middle linebacker too, right, in, in in Fred Warner. And a lot of it also, when you're talking about up the middle, DJ Jones playing some good football for the 49ers. Eric Armstead had a rigid stop on that first goal line stand that was really big. He's obviously playing defensive tackle now, so... Uh, the, the team is coming around. You, you see the formula. We mentioned on Wednesday's show that they're ranked top 10 in offense and defensive efficiency for the first time this season. Obviously, the special teams is lagging behind, but you could see what the formula is for the 49ers, right? Good ball control punishing offense. Uh, My article today was headlined uh, – <laughs> right here let me get let me pull this up so i so i read it right was headlined laughter and bruises the 49ers offense is a formula and it shined against atlanta and you guys remember two years ago when they played the falcons that's when the viral clip came out of george kittle just like diabolically laughing like he was the joker or something when he pile drove that guy to the ground on the block (laughs) oh yeah, yeah So that to me is is what the 49ers have been searching to you know reestablish and I, and I thought they really reestablished that today. You just l- listen to some of the quotes and some of the stories in this game. Uh maybe the best one came after uh the the Brandon Ayuk slant because that came immediately following the the false start on Brandon Ayuk. And on that slant by the way, Debo Samuel is just putting Falcons DB on skates for 20 yards. It was vintage 49ers receivers blocking downfield, but Alex Mack runs into the huddle after that 36-yard gain, and he, he he goes right into dumb. He's the only player old enough probably on the offense to make a legitimate Dumb and Dumber <laughs> reference. He's 36 years old, and, and he goes, and he totally redeems himself. And the entire huddle just started cracking up laughing just for, you know, very quickly. Kyle Juszczyk told this story. And uh, the, the 49ers then shut off the laughs, and they – Went to three straight Jeff Wilson runs, 22 yards on those runs. Three plays later, they're punching into the end zone, Garoppolo to Kittle. And that was the first of the four touchdowns. And on those four touchdowns, I mean, Debo Samuel on one of those drives is knocking A.J. Terrell's mouth guard straight out of his mouth. Trent Williams uh, was destroying the Atlanta defensive end to set up Juszczyk's touchdown run. And and the uh, George Kittle said that Williams was laughing, uh, after he he piled drove the defensive end. So it reminded me a lot of Kittle two years ago, just, you know, diabolically enjoying this this physical punishment that he was administering. And the fact that Alex Mack was laughing in the huddle as the 49ers were doing this, that's why I titled my story Laughter and Bruises. I think that the 49ers formula is this relaxed combination of both, right? It's this, they're in the zone when they're playing well offensively. They seem comfortable but it certainly hurts, and they don't mind the bruises. That they think that the defense minds the bruises, and I think uh, Matt, they they really reach that nirvana, that balance today.
2: Well, that, that's the secret formula, right, Dennis? I mean, fun and, and punishment. I mean, you guys yeah. are having a great time while you're kicking someone else's ass. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's that's sort of playoff uh, playoff football too. And and I think it it goes to both sides. I mean, uh, David was just nicely describing. A lot of sort of the offensive highlights of this game. Uh, You know, Nick Bosa said that he enjoys kind of seeing that on the big screen while he's sitting on the bench too, and and that uh, the defense feeds off of that as well. And uh, we we saw that. I mean, we just talked about Tart. Um, uh, Bosa himself had a really nice game. Eric Armstead, DJ Jones, uh, Arden Key, even Samson Ebucom starting to get into the act a little bit. But both sides of the ball. I mean, you need you need two units to play really well uh, to get a win. The 49ers got exactly that. They got that from the defense, from the offense, and it's and it's sort of thudding, old-fashioned football. Uh, and and I, I got to think that Dennis Brown really likes to likes to see that.
3: You know, football is not a finesse sport. I mean, there's some aspects uh, aspect. There's some parts of football that are finesse, but for the most part, you got to be a bully. I mean, you, you really have to love to hit people. You love you have to love to be physical. You have to love to hear the guy in front of you kind of grunt a little bit when you throw him on the ground. That is football, and that's what makes football fun. And if you can get to that place in any football game, and I really felt like in the fourth quarter that this game, you know, the, the offensive line had just kind of kind of ran over this defensive line, and, and, and Jeff Wilson was running for whatever, four yards a pop. Um, so it, it gets to a point in the game when you've bullied someone so much the entire football game that they start giving up just like a bully in, in school at some point when you bully someone in school at some point that person's just going to give up and you can take all their money and then, and that's what football's about that's the goal of any football player is to beat up on the guy in front of you so much that he just gives up so yeah and and you know I've never seen an offense do it but defense does it all the time you know David used the offense I've never really Kind of seen that, but you know, it, it, well, that's that, that's the joy of the game, you know, and and, and that's what football is really about—is just kind of bullying someone, beating them up, and then the fourth quarter, putting your foot on their throat, and finishing it up. That's that's football.
1: And you know what, the 49ers have another opportunity to do just that on Thursday. These, these are tough games. I don't think. Dennis, when you played, they had these Thursday games, right? No, it, no. It's, yeah, and, and I, I don't think they should have them, but the, the league wants to make some money on Thursdays, and it's not natural to have to rebound less than 100 hours later from these bruises and play again, and you see defenses – suffer because of it, right? Especially against teams that that can maul you, and I think that the 49ers have that capability, so they have a chance to play some more bully ball, whether it be on offense or defense, and it happens Thursday, and it's going to take some mental toughness to be the team that has that edge on Thursday, because the Titans are going to be hurting from their game against Pittsburgh, and the 49ers are going to be hurting, because they just played a football game against the Atlanta Falcons, and it was a good football game. They're going to try to replicate that effort, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be played under unusual circumstances you only have one of these thursday games a year so we'll see if the 49ers can can administer the bully ball again we will talk to you all after the thursday game against the titans because of the shortened week because there are less than 100 hours before that next kickoff in nashville there's not going to be an episode until after thursday so be sure to follow along All our coverage on The Athletic, and we will talk to you after the game in Nashville. For Matt Barrows
2: and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. See you all Thursday night.